welcome back to part two of our uh, podcast, and we're talking to Billy McQuiggan, a very talented musician who has uh, uh, moved on to doing tribute shows of the Beatles, and primarily and first, uh, the late, great Buddy Holly. Billy, thanks again for your time. I, I was, uh, we, wrapped, we wrapped up the first segment by uh, asking if you were going to branch out and do other uh, celebrity musicians in the way of a tribute show, and we got to talking a little bit about uh, how some folks are able to see you perform uh, your Buddy Holly tribute uh, on a, uh, a YouTube uh, segment. Tell us a little <laughs> more about that, and and then give us some social media information about how people can keep tabs on you. Yeah, you got it. Uh, yeah, so I have, you know... My company is Rayvon Productions, so if you go, you can you can put in YouTube or Google anywhere. I just put my name in Billy McGuigan. The only ones that'll pop up will be me and my and the hockey player from Canada, the hockey player Billy McGuigan, who I've actually met. So it, you can look at his stuff too, but mine's more entertaining. <laughs> but I have one video as Buddy Holly that I put out during the pandemic. I was kind of just reminiscing about the early parts of my career, and I put a video up of me me performing Crying, Waiting, Hoping, which is one of my favorite Buddy Holly songs. But it's one of my favorite Buddy Holly songs because it's the song that Marshall Crenshaw does in La Bamba. And so in Rayvon, when we were doing my show, I just did that version of it. Obviously knowing that I'm doing the version of Marshall Crenshaw's Crying, Waiting, Hoping. So you just people just bash me like, he's obviously trying to do Marshall Crenshaw, not Buddy Holly. This is crap. And I love it so much. Uh, but a lot of people said, yeah, you should try Roy Orbison. So what I do now is I, I don't necessarily do any Buddy Holly shows anymore, but I'll just perform as myself. And so in my shows, you get, you know, you get my songs and you get Buddy Holly songs and Beatles and Roy Orbison because I can play all that. So, but if you want to check out my, my website, that's billymcguigan.com and it's B-I-L-L-Y-M-C-G-U-I-G-A-N. And from there, you can find me at my music, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that. I would think that you uh, probably already do this, but if not, you, you should look into it. Uh, a chance to do, on St. Patrick's Day, you know, a Irish yeah. tribute type of thing. Do you do that? You know, actually, at our, our school here in Omaha, the McGuigan Arts Academy, we have a, an Irish show that's happening. One of my best friends. That's a great Irish show. So, ah, it's the luck of the Irish, my friend. Well, I, yeah, because uh, with your name, I mean, that's just tailor-made. Yeah, yeah, the Brothers McGuigan. It's, uh, it's got to be one of the most obvious Irish names uh, around. Yeah, and it's so commonly mispronounced. So I'm oh, I bet. You, you you say it correctly, but uh, the old, my son is Kieran McGuigan, so that's C I A R A N, very Irish name. But you know, when he's in school, it's Ciaran McGuigan, and he went to <laughs> Ireland. Uh, and and when I hand him the passport, the guy looks at the passport and he looks at my son and he goes, Kieran McGuigan, welcome home, boy. What does a Billy McQuiggan do on St. Patty's Day? I assume that's uh, (laughs) probably your favorite holiday, isn't it? Uh, it, It's one of my favorites. I'm not a huge drinker, so uh, I'm either working or I tend to have a 
a very quiet evening. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, very quiet. I'm a, I've been on the road for too long to get too crazy. Steve. You know how that is. Uh, vaguely. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> so uh, tell us about uh, some of your performances that are coming up. And, and, and we alluded earlier to the pandemic really messing things up, but you said you really kind of worked around that, and I, yeah. I understand that. Uh, but does that – and you mentioned something about coming into Des Moines at some point, hopefully soon. But where yeah. else can people see you and, and take advantage of seeing your great shows? Yeah, uh, in this month, uh, February 17th, 18th, and 19th, I'm going to be in Savannah, Georgia. There's a theater there in Savannah, so anybody listening in Savannah, beautiful place. And then uh, February 26th, Pocatello, Idaho. And then all through March, I'll be touring uh, Florida. So all of those dates are on my website, billionmcguigan.com. See, it's, it's happening again. Work is happening again. It's so nice. Yeah, it does. It sounds great. And and yeah. uh, and yet, you probably don't have any trouble with this. But in this day and age of political correctness, uh, comics are taking a hit everywhere. Oh. You know, yeah. uh, because uh, people are so eager to be offended. But yet, you don't. You don't have any trouble with that, do you? Uh, I've luckily, very luckily, been able to sidestep it. I mean, the only trap that I would fall into uh, would be, uh, you know, social media, which I'm pretty, I lay pretty low on that. Uh, and in the interaction, you know, sometimes I'll see things on the request cards that, I, you know, I could very easily take a direction on it and I just lay low. Yeah, it's a weird climate that we live in. It's definitely way different than when I started. You know, you just oh, yeah. that evolution. And I just luckily have been able to be in between worlds, you know? Right. And and with the yeah. shows that you do, I mean, it makes sense because, uh, you know, everybody that's going to come to your show knows they're going to see a tribute to Buddy Holly or the Beatles. Yeah. And my shows are about the music. I don't really give a shit about what you think about other stuff. I, to be honest with you, I think that's the best way to be. It's like, I, we're just here to celebrate music. I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw anything at you. Don't throw anything at me. Let's just, you know, music's supposed Let's to bring people together. And I, and I think that's really what's been shocking about, you know, you're seeing like musicians make this huge stand. It's like, so now we're, we're going to separate. Okay. Uh, I've just always been about, you know, take a sad song and make it better. You know? That's appropriate. No, 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 Andrew. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where uh, you said you, you would have some reluctance to play the surf ballroom, and you explained why I understand that. Yeah. Are there some venues, though, that you've yet to conquer that you would like to play? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, man. I mean, everybody, of course, says, you know, <laughs> Madison Square Garden would be lovely. But I, you know, I've just my I've just been lucky to, to have a career where I've I've gotten to play everywhere, as high level with symphonies, as low levels as uh, you know, a bar where there where where no audience, and uh, you know, I've seen it all. So whatever is next, Steve, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm just I'm not done, you know. Well, and we would be upset with you if you were. Yeah, I would be too. Uh, give everybody again your social media. We uh, we 
I had said to Dave, I said, we got to talk to Billy McQuiggan. Yes. And, and I, uh, the only thing I had said to him was, in a way of trying to track you down, was to get a hold of the uh, Funny Bone in Omaha, which he did, and we were yes. finally able to, to contact you. Uh, but but uh, again, the social media, let people in on that. I don't think we can overstate how people need to get a hold of you and see a, a video, YouTube, that type of thing of your show. Yep. Because once, I, once I know they see part of it or know more about your show, there'll be that many more people eager to track you down on tour and actually see a show that. firsthand. Yeah, because as a, as a Midwestern musician, I play all throughout Iowa. You know, we played Cedar Rapids, I think, just a month ago. Uh, Cedar Falls and Cedar Rapids, just all a month ago. Uh, if, if you know how to spell my name, you can find me anywhere. And that's the cool thing about having a unique name. There's only a couple of us. So B-I-L-L-Y, Billy with a Y, McGuigan, M-C-G-U-I-G-A-N. So that's me on Facebook. That's me on Twitter, on Instagram, just at Billy McGuigan. You can find me. If you put Billy McGuigan, Buddy Holly in YouTube, you can see the crying, waiting, hoping we were talking about, and you can make a nasty comment throughout Read it and love it. Uh, and then, or Billy McGuigan yesterday and today, Billy McGuigan, Beatles, I pop up there. So you can find me because my name's so unique. Exactly. Uh, what's been the most unusual response, either through social media or someone that was at one of your shows and came up afterwards? Uh, Man, I, I have been lucky enough to... Uh, I, you know, I'm going to just talk to the, the comedy. I think you'll appreciate this. When I was first starting Rave On, which is the Buddy Holly show that I wrote, we started at the Omaha Funny Bone. And this is a time when Emo Phillips would have been there. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy would have been there. And I think he might have been Dan Whitney at that point. I don't even think he was Larry the Cable Guy at that point. That's, that's actually true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought, you know what I mean? So I had, so um, we were doing off nights at the Funny Bone. So, comics would come to the show on off nights and because I was young and impressionable, I mean, they would give me notes and these jokes that I would have in the show would be killers because they were crafted by guys like that. You know what I mean? And comics like, like Tammy Pescatelli, who would be like, Oh, Billy, you should say it like this. And like, Oh, of course I'll do that. And those are moments that I now wish I could just go back. And I mean, it's not that I didn't appreciate it then, but what, what a creative and cool time that this little thing that I created, I'm a poor military kid, Steve. I mean, I grew up on food stamps would have been a luxury. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how poor we were as kids. <laughs> but I mean, I just have been so appreciative of the people that have helped me along the way and without asking anything in return. And that's why, you know, and that have been musicians and comics and actors and people along the way. But that's my favorite thing and the things that I will never forget. I'm, I'm wondering more so uh, about people that come up to you after the show and and may have said, uh, I met Buddy Holly, or I knew oh, Buddy yeah. Holly, or I, I met Paul McCartney once yep. and, and shared yep. stories like that with you. For sure. I uh, With Tommy Alsop, so Tommy Alsop again, I'll bring him up again, uh, flip the coin with Richie Ballins. Just this cool like guy from Oklahoma, you know, exactly what you would expect from a, a working musician.
musician from the 40s and 50s. Stories forever. For Paul McCartney's 40th birthday, 50th birthday, Linda McCartney called Tommy Allsup and had him go play his birthday party. So I got this inside scoop and I was like, please tell me you jam with him. He's like, oh yeah, we jam for hours and hours and drink it, you know. Uh, that's cool to me. I was able to meet May Peng, who was with John Lennon during the last weekend. Okay. She, you know, that was really cool to me. It was like, oh my God, I met May Peng. And she was with a woman, Cynthia was her name, who was a stunt woman in the 70s. That was even cooler to me because she had done like the Fall Guy and all that, which I know you got to love that. What a life, man. But I mean, for me, most of the people I've met were comics working at the Funny Bone, like being Tommy Chong's merch guy or... <laughs> You know, Louis Black having lunch with him. Those were the coolest things. Uh, but Buddy Holly, it was more people seeing Buddy Holly uh, as opposed that opposed to meeting him. But the few people that I do know that got to meet him all said the same thing that he was this amazingly creative and talented person uh, who had drive unlike anybody they'd ever seen. So. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm, I'm, see, that's uh, weird, man. I don't, I don't ever really think about it or talk about it. So to be able to think, it's like, wow, it is it's really kind of cool, you know? Uh, I'm wondering if, if uh, you know, the remaining Beatles, uh, or or you've been playing long enough at the Beatles tribute, perhaps, yeah. uh, any of the uh, any of the Beatles uh, would be it's, interesting yeah. if, if they would have, if they would have been at one of your shows and, and had a chance to see you do a tribute to their music, yeah, I think that's again what makes it cool too. See, but it's not about it's not about a tribute to them, not necessarily like what they look like or their image. It's about the effect that their music has. And I think I've always kind of slept well thinking if they did see the show, they would dig it because it's people just telling you why they love their music. You know, it's not about, I'm Paul, you know, I'm John. It's not, it's not that. It's, it's the heart of what they do, you know, so. And, you know, and there's no way around it. It's, it's a tribute. Correct. It's a tribute it's to their genius, you know, and their it's songwriting. That's right. That's right. And the same with Buddy Holly, although we lost him so soon that, that yeah. uh, there's no likelihood you would have ever met him. No, what would you I, say I, to him if you did? Man, wow. Well, I think, that, well, people have asked me, you know, what he would have done had he lived. And in being able to talk to Tommy Alsop and Sonny, they both kind of said that he would have gravitated towards producing records. And I think as a, you know, his best friends would have been Waylon Jennings. I mean, Waylon Jennings was on that tour with him. That's the person that I would have wanted to talk to. You know, not necessarily, hey, what have you done to... I, I would have loved to see what he could have been able to do. He was so inventive, and I think he would have been the American George Martin. And nobody would talk about Phil Spector. They would talk about Buddy Holly. Right, right. Yeah. You know, in a kind of uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, mm -hmm. uh, we actually had Lou Diamond Phillips in our studio oh. uh, at one point. Nice. Yeah, he was in Des Moines uh, headlining a, a, a musical. I forget what it was, but we, we had him King in the I, I think it was The King and I, wasn't it? I think he was The King and The King and I. That, that, <laughs> that so rings good. a bell. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. But, he is so, he, uh, 
that was the movie for my brothers and I. That when we saw that movie, that's how we know all this old rock and roll music. Like every song that's in that movie, for me, is as important as a Beatles song. You know, whether that's Who Do You Love, you know, Bo Diddley's Who Do You Love, or Richie Valens, Donna, any of those songs are so important to us. It would have been uh, likely impossible, but yet it would have been so enjoyable uh, to have had you in our studio when he was in there. Because I remember we spent uh, not a a good deal of time, but some time talking about uh, La Bamba when Luke Diamond Phillips was in there. Yeah. Yeah, And we learned some things about Richie Valens and... and, uh, uh, we we spoke to the director of the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame not long ago, and he alluded to uh, Richie Valens' uh, sister lives up at Spirit Lake. Right. And com- comes by the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and sets up a table and 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 uh, sells pictures and other memorabilia relative to Richie Valens. Have you ever run into her anywhere? I, from what I understand, uh, she she came to a couple of shows that I did in Des Moines. I, oh, really? I, I, yeah, I vaguely remember maybe being introduced to her, but I know that she came. I'm not sure if I ever met her personally, like beyond a quick handshake after a show. But yeah, what what an amazing family that have really carried on his legacy in a really great way. And not to be outdone, but but uh, I'm aware of. In fact, I met her once at a at a show uh, where she set up a table and and uh, was signing some autographs and selling photos. George Harrison's sister. Uh, oh, Louise. Yeah, have you met her? And I, you know, I have not met Louise. Yeah, I think I think I might be her competition. As <laughs> she backs the Beatles show, so I, she might see me. But I would I, I wouldn't think that. I'd be like. Oh my God, that's George's sister. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's a small world, isn't it, my friend? Indeed it is. Indeed it is. So you say that you're not done yet. How long do you plan to parlay these tribute shows before you have to hang up the guitar? (laughs) I'm going to go as long as they keep booking me. You know, right now... Right now, you know, I think that kind of dictates it, right? So I know when the booking stops that I'm done. That that is the market telling me move on. So right now we're doing we're doing pretty well. So keep an eye out for me. I'm out there. I'm the, the Irish guy with the weird name. Well, and it, uh, you know, according to Dave and I, it it just takes a little time to track you down. That's but right. That's you've right. made it easier by giving us your social uh, media yeah. information. And, what and about my social security number? I also gave you that, so don't give that out freely, all right? Right, or your home phone number. Yeah, I've got that in my home address right here for you. Right. What's your PIN number? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, as talented as you are covering Buddy Holly and Beatles songs, uh, and as talented a musician as you are, what about any kind of uh, music you've written, songs you've written on your own? Yeah, I in the uh, in the pandemic when my career came to a screeching halt, I uh, I grew facial hair and long hair. I looked like Tom Hanks and Castaway, and I went into my garage and recorded a, an album full of songs that I started writing in that that year. So 
I kind of tried to be McCartney, played, taught myself to play drums and bass. And because I'm a smart ass, I called the album together. But it's just me alone. So. <laughs> now tell us yeah. a little bit about some of these songs that you've written and whether or not in any of your shows you add a couple originals. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, we started to do that. I have uh, a song kind of about my career as Buddy Holly called Me and Peggy Sue. That's what I really like. Uh, uh -huh. and, and then I have a song that in my head, it was a Buddy Holly song that he wrote for Elvis where the Beatles were the backing vocalist and the backing band was the 70s Rolling Stones. So if that gives you any idea about where my state of mind was, <laughs> that's where I was. So it was it's a double album full of songs that sound like they were recorded in the 60s and 70s. Now, is there a, a, a place in, in the social media library you were telling us about that people can hear some of your original stuff? A absolutely. That's on uh, Apple Music, on Spotify, on, uh, on my website. They can buy the full record if they'd like. Perfect. Yeah. You haven't taken you haven't taken your uh, music off of Spotify because <laughs> of genre enough, music. Hey, hey, not enough people are listening to it for, to make any difference. So <laughs> <laughs> nobody would know or care. So I have just quietly left it up there. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not That's in a funny. position where I can pull my stuff off of anything. That's funny. So, yeah. Billy McQuiggan, and you live great, in Omaha. Friend. I sure do. And you've given us your uh, social media information so people can, can check your website and buy your yep. CDs. Uh, and you're going to be, you've promised you're going to be coming through the central Iowa area and at some there. point and soon. Well, but yeah. otherwise, you're here pretty prominently in the Midwest. Yep. I, again, uh, yeah. I just, I just want to say again, thank you so much for taking part in our little podcast. My and pleasure. I, I want to follow you and at some point see your show and reconnect, shake your hand and give you a big round guy hug. I'd like that. Is there anything else you want to send it home with? Anything else you feel like you need to let our listeners in on? No, this has been fantastic. I just have absolutely loved uh, talking to you and catching up with you. And I can't believe I made a two-part episode on a podcast. How cool is that? Well, I, you know, on your resume, I would list it first. <laughs> uh, you know what? It, it's the, I'm now changing my bio. <laughs> so appreciate uh, it. Be well. Billy McQuiggan, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the often imitated, never equaled, a legend in his spare time. <laughs> Billy, I hope to see you soon. Take care, my friend. Be well. You too. Bye-bye. Great talking to you. Bye-bye. Welcome back to part two of our uh, podcast, and we're talking to Billy McQuiggan, a very talented musician who has uh, uh, moved on to doing tribute shows of the Beatles, and primarily and first, uh, the late, great Buddy Holly. Billy, thanks again for your time. I, I was, uh, we, wrapped, we wrapped up the first segment by uh, asking if you were going to branch out and do other uh, celebrity musicians in the way of a tribute show. And we got to talking a little bit about uh, how some folks are able to see you perform 
your buddy Holly tribute uh, on a uh, a YouTube uh, segment. Tell us a little <laughs> more about that, and and then give us some social media information about how people can keep tabs on you. Yeah, you got it. Uh, yeah, so I have you know my company is Rayvon Productions. So if you go, you can you can put in YouTube or Google anywhere. I just put my name in Billy McGuigan. The only ones that'll pop up will be me and my and the hockey player from Canada, the hockey player Billy McGuigan, who I've actually met. So if, you can look at his stuff too, but mine's more entertaining. <laughs> but I have one video as Buddy Holly that I put out during the pandemic. I was kind of just reminiscing about the early parts of my career, and I put a video up of me me performing "Crying, Waiting, Hoping," which is one of my favorite Buddy Holly songs. But it's one of my favorite Buddy Holly songs because. It's the song that Marshall Crenshaw does in La Bamba. And so in Rayvon, when we were doing my show, I just did that version of it. Obviously knowing that I'm doing the version of Marshall Crenshaw's Crying, Waiting, Hoping. So you just people just bash me like, he's obviously trying to do Marshall Crenshaw, not Buddy Holly. This is crap. And I love it so much. Uh, but a lot of people said, yeah, you should try Roy Orbison. So what I do now is I, I don't necessarily do any Buddy Holly shows anymore. But I'll just perform as myself, and so in my shows, you get, you know, you get my songs, and you get Buddy Holly songs, and Beatles, and Roy Orbison, because I can play all that, so. But if you want to check out my, my website, that's billymcguigan.com, and it's B-I-L-L-Y-M-C-G-U-I-G-A-N, and from there, you can find me at my music, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that. I would think that you uh, probably already do this, but if not, you you should look into it. Uh, a chance to do on St. Patrick's Day, you know, a Irish tribute type of thing. Do you do that? You know, actually, at our our school here in Omaha, the McGuigan Arts Academy, we have a, an Irish show that's happening. One of my best friends does a great Irish show, so ah, it's the luck of the Irish, my friends. Well, I, yeah, because uh, with your name, I mean, that's just tailor-made. Yeah, yeah, the Brothers McGuigan. It's, uh, it's got to be one of the most obvious Irish names uh, around. Yeah, and it's so commonly mispronounced. So I'm so oh, appreciative that you, you, you say it correctly, but uh, the old, my son is Kieran McGuigan, so that's C-I-A-R-A-N, very Irish name. But, you know, when he's in school, it's Sierra McGuggan, and he went to Ireland. <laughs> uh, and, and when I hand him the passport, the guy looks at the passport, and he looks at my son, and he goes, Kieran McGuigan, welcome home, boy. What does a Billy McGuigan do on St. Patty's Day? I assume that's uh, <laughs> probably your favorite holiday, isn't it? It's one of my favorites. I'm not a huge drinker, so I, uh, I'm i either working or I tend to have a very quiet evening. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, very quiet. I'm a, I've been on the road for too long to get too crazy, Steve. You know how that is. Uh, vaguely. Yes, it's been a long time. <laughs> so uh, tell us about uh, some of your performances that are coming up. And it, 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 we alluded earlier to the pandemic really messing things up, but you said you really kind of worked around that, and I, yeah. I understand that. Uh, but does that? And you mentioned something about coming into Des Moines at some point, hopefully soon. 
But where yeah. else can people see you and, and take advantage of seeing your great shows? Yeah, uh, in this month, uh, February 17th, 18th, and 19th, I'm going to be in Savannah, Georgia. There's a theater there in Savannah, so anybody listening in Savannah, beautiful place. And then uh, February 26th, Pocatello, Idaho. And then all through March, I'll be touring uh, Florida. So all of those dates are on my website, billionmcgligan.com. It's, it's happening again. Work is happening again. It's so nice. Yeah, it does. It sounds great. And and yeah. uh, and yet, you probably don't have any trouble with this. But in this day and age of political correctness, uh, comics are taking a hit everywhere. Oh. You know, yeah. uh, because uh, people are so eager to be offended. But yet, you don't. You don't have any trouble with that, do you? Uh, I've luckily, very luckily, been able to sidestep it. I mean, the only trap that I would fall into uh, would be, uh, you know, social media, which I'm pretty, I lay pretty low on that. Uh, and in the interaction, you know, sometimes I'll see things on the request cards that, I, you know, I could very easily take a direction on it and I just lay low. Yeah, it's a weird climate that we live in. It's definitely way different than when I started. You know, you just oh, yeah. that evolution, and I just luckily have been able to be in between worlds. You know, right? And and with the yeah. shows that you do, I mean, it makes sense because uh, you know everybody that's going to come to your show knows they're going to see a tribute to Buddy Holly or the Beatles. Yeah, and my shows are about the music. I don't really give a shit about what you think about other stuff. I, to be honest with you, I think that's the best way to be. It's like I. We're just here to celebrate music. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw anything at you. Don't throw anything at me. Let's just, you know, music's supposed Let's to just bring enjoy people together. The music. And, I, and I think that's really what's been shocking about, you know, you're seeing like musicians make this huge stand. It's like, so now we're we're gonna separate. Okay. Uh, I've just always been about, you know, take a sad song and make it better. You know. That's appropriate. <laughs> no, 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 hey, Jude. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where uh, you said you you would have some reluctance to play the surf ballroom, and you explained why. I understand that. Yeah. Are there some venues though that you've yet to conquer that you would like to play? Oh, that's a great question, uh, man. I mean, everybody, of course, says you know <laughs> Madison Square Garden would be lovely, but I you know I've just my I've just been lucky to to have a career where I've I've gotten to play everywhere at high level with symphonies as low levels as, uh, you know, a bar where there were, were no audience and, uh, you know, I've seen it all. So whatever is next, Steve, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm just, I'm not done, you know? Well, and we would be upset with you if you were. Yeah, I would be too. Uh, give everybody again, your social media. We, uh, we, I had said to Dave, I said, we got to talk to Billy McQuiggan. Yes. And and I, uh, the only thing I had said to him was, in a way of trying to track you down, was to get a hold of the uh, Funny Bone in Omaha, which he did, and we were yes. finally able to to contact you. Uh, but but uh, again, the social media, uh, let people in on that. I don't think we can overstate how people need to get a hold of you and see a a video, YouTube, that type of thing of your show. Yes. 
Once I, once I know they see part of it or know more about your show, there'll be that many more people eager to track you down on tour and actually see a show that. firsthand. Yeah, because as a, as a Midwestern musician, I play all throughout Iowa. You know, we played Cedar Rapids, I think, just a month ago. Uh, Cedar Falls and Cedar Rapids, just all a month ago. Uh, if, if you know how to spell my name, you can find me anywhere. And that's the cool thing about having a unique name. There's only a couple of us. So B-I-L-L-Y, Billy with a Y, McGuigan, M-C-G-U-I-G-A-N. So that's me on Facebook. That's me on Twitter, on Instagram, just at Billy McGuigan. You can find me. If you put Billy McGuigan, Buddy Holly in YouTube, you can see the crying waiting hoping we were talking about, and you can make a nasty comment throughout Read it and love it. Uh, and then, or Billy McGuigan yesterday and today, Billy McGuigan, Beatles, I pop up there. So you can find me because my name's so unique. Exactly. Uh, what's been the most unusual response, either through social media or someone that was at one of your shows and came up afterwards? Uh, Man, I, I have been lucky enough to... Uh, I, you know, I'm going to just talk to the, the comedy. I think you'll appreciate this. When I was first starting Rave On, which is the Buddy Holly show that I wrote, we started at the Omaha Funny Bone. And this is a time when Emo Phillips would have been there. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy would have been there. And I think he might have been Dan Whitney at that point. I don't even think he was Larry the Cable Guy at that point. That's, that's actually true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at that, you know what I mean? So I had, so um, we were doing off nights at the Funny Bone. So, comics would come to the show on off nights and because I was young and impressionable, I mean, they would give me notes and these jokes that I would have in the show would be killers because they were crafted by guys like that. You know what I mean? And comics right. like, like Tammy Pescatelli, who would be like, Oh, Billy, you should say it like this. And they're like, Oh, of course I'll do that. And those are moments that I now wish I could just go back. And I mean, it's not that I didn't appreciate it then, but what, what a creative and cool time that this little thing that I created, I'm a poor military kid, Steve. I mean, I grew up on food stamps would have been a luxury. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how poor we were as kids. <laughs> but I mean, I just have been so appreciative of the people that have helped me along the way and without asking anything in return. And that's why, you know, and that have been musicians and comics and actors and people along the way. But that's my favorite thing and the things that I will never forget. I'm, I'm wondering more so uh, about people that come up to you after the show and and may have said, uh, I met Buddy Holly, or I knew oh, Buddy yeah. Holly, or I, I met Paul McCartney once yep. and, and shared yep. stories like that with you. For sure. I uh, With Tommy Alsop, so Tommy Alsop again, I'll bring him up again, uh, flip the coin with Richie Ballin. Just this cool like guy from Oklahoma, you know, exactly what you would expect from a, a working musician from the 40s and 50s. Stories forever. For Paul McCartney's 40th birthday, 50th birthday, Linda McCartney called Tommy Alsop and had him go play his birthday party. So I got this inside scoop, and I was like, please tell me you jam with him. He's like, oh, yeah, we jam for hours and hours and drink it, you know. Uh, that's cool to me. I was able to meet May Pang, who was with John Lennon during the last weekend. Okay. She, you know, that was really cool to me. It was like, oh my God, I met May Pang. And she was with a woman, Cynthia was her name, who was a stunt woman in the 70s. 
that was even cooler to me because she had done like the fall guy and all that, which I know you got to love that. What a life, man. But I mean, for me, most of the people I've met were comics working at the funny bone, like being Tommy Chong's merch guy or, you know, Louis Black having lunch with him. Those were the coolest things. Uh, but Buddy Holly, it was more people seeing Buddy Holly uh, as opposed, than opposed to meeting him. But the few people that I do know that got to meet him all said the same thing, that he was this amazingly creative and talented person uh, who had drive unlike anybody they'd ever seen. So. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm, I'm, see, uh, it's weird, man. I don't, I don't ever really think about it or talk about it. So to be able to think, it's like, wow, it is it's really kind of cool, you know? Uh, I'm wondering if, if uh, you know, the remaining Beatles, or, or you've been playing long enough at the Beatles tribute, perhaps uh, any of the uh, any of the Beatles uh, would be interesting yeah. if if they would have if they would have been at one of your shows and and had a chance to see you do a tribute to their music. Yeah, I think that's again what makes it cool too. See, but it's not about it's not about a tribute to them. Not necessarily like what they look like or their image. It's about the effect that their music has. And I think I've always kind of slept well thinking if they did see the show, they'd dig it because it's people just telling you why they love their music. You know, it's not about, I'm Paul, you know, I'm John. It's not, it's not that. It's, it's the heart of what they do, you know? So, and, you know, and there's no way around it. It's, it's a tribute. Correct. It's a tribute yes, to their genius, you know, and their yes, songwriting. That's right. That's right. And the same with Buddy Holly, although we lost him so soon that that yeah. uh, there's no likelihood you would have ever met him. No, what would you I, say I, to him if you did? Man, wow. Well, I think, that, well, people have asked me, you know, what he would have done had he lived. And, and being able to talk to Tommy Alsop and Sonny, they both kind of said that he would have gravitated towards producing records and I think as a you know his best friends would have been Waylon Jennings I mean Waylon Jennings was on that tour with him that's the person that I would have wanted to talk to you know not necessarily hey what have you done just I, I would have loved to see what he could have been able to do he was so inventive and I think he would have been the American George Martin and nobody would talk about Phil Spector they would talk about Buddy Holly right right yeah you know, in a kind of uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, mm -hmm. uh, we actually had Lou Diamond Phillips in our studio oh. uh, at one point. Nice. Yeah, he was in Des Moines uh, headlining a, a, a musical. I forget what it was, but we, we had him King in the I. I think it was The King and I, wasn't it? I think he was The King and The King and I. That, that, <laughs> that rings a bell. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. He is so, he, uh, that was the movie for my brothers and I, that when we saw that movie, that's how we know all this old rock and roll music. Like every song that's in that movie for me is as important as a Beatles song. You know, whether that's Who Do You Love, you know, Bo Disney's Who Do You Love or Richie Valens, Donna, any of those songs are so important to us. It would have been, uh, likely impossible but yet it would have been so enjoyable 
to have had you in our studio when he was in there because I remember we spent uh, not a, not a good deal of time, but some time talking about uh, La Bamba when Luke oh, yeah. Phillips was in there. Yeah, yeah and we learned so some good. things about Richie Valens, and and uh, uh, we we spoke to the director of the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame not long ago, and he alluded to uh, Richie Valens' uh, sister lives up at Spirit Lake, right? And come, comes by the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and sets up a table and 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 uh, sells pictures and other memorabilia relative to Richie Valens. Have you ever run into her anywhere? I, from what I understand, uh, she she came to a couple of shows that I did in Des Moines. I, oh really? I, I, yeah, I vaguely remember maybe being introduced to her, but I know that she came. I'm not sure if I ever met her personally, like beyond a quick handshake after a show but yeah what what an amazing family that have really carried on his legacy in a really great way and not to be outdone but but uh i'm aware of in fact i met her once at a at a show uh where she set up a table and and uh, was signing some autographs and selling photos george harrison's sister uh oh louise yeah have you met her and i you know i have not met louise yeah, I think I think I might be her competition. <laughs> As she backs the Beatles show, so I, she might see me. But I would I, I wouldn't think that. I'd be like, oh my god, that's George's sister. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It's a small world, isn't it, my friend? Indeed, it is. Indeed, it is. So you say that you're not done yet. How long do you plan to parlay these tribute shows? Before you have to hang up the guitar. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go as long as they keep booking me. You know, right now, right now, you know, I think that kind of dictates it, right? So I know when the booking stops that I'm done. That, that is the market telling me move on. So right now we're doing, we're doing pretty well. So keep an eye out for me. I'm out there. I'm the, the Irish guy with the weird name. Well, and it, uh, you know, according to Dave and I, it, it just takes a little time to track you down. That's but right. That's You've correct. made it easier by giving us your social uh, media yeah. information. And, what and about, my social security number. I also gave you that, so don't give that out freely, all right? Right, or your home yeah. phone number. Yeah, I've got that in my home address right here for you. Right. What's your PIN number? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, as talented as you are covering Buddy Holly and Beatles songs, uh, and as talented a musician as you are, what about any kind of uh, music you've written, songs you've written on your own? Yeah, I in the uh, in the pandemic when my career came to a screeching halt, I uh, I grew facial hair and long hair. I looked like Tom Hanks and Castaway, and I went into my garage and recorded a, an album full of songs that I started writing in that that year. So I kind of tried to be McCartney, played. Taught myself to play drums and bass, and because I'm a smart ass, I call the album together. But it's just me alone. So. <laughs> now tell us yeah. a little bit about some of these songs that you've written, and whether or not in any of your shows you add a couple of originals. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, we started to do that. I have uh, a song kind of about my career as Buddy Holly called "Me and Peggy Sue." That's, that's what I really like. Uh, uh -huh. 
And, and then I have a song that in my head, it was a Buddy Holly song that he wrote for Elvis, where the Beatles were the backing vocalist and the backing band was the 70s Rolling Stones. So if that gives you any idea about where my state of mind was, <laughs> that's where I was. So it was it's a double album full of songs that sound like they were recorded in the 60s and 70s. Now, is there a, a, a place in, in the social media library you were telling us about that people can hear some of your original stuff? A absolutely. That's on uh, Apple Music, on Spotify, on, uh, on my website. They can buy the full record if they'd like. Perfect. Yeah. You haven't taken, you haven't taken your uh, music off of Spotify? <laughs> Bye-bye.